Today on CityCast Denver. I'm biking upstream on the Cherry Creek Trail for a tour of a massive new project reshaping the creek and hopefully changing Denver's relationship with our urban waterways for the better. Because the trail conditions are going to be so much better, the natural conditions are going to be so much better, you can even hear the sound of the channel now. So I think people will really understand and experience Cherry Creek in a whole different way that they didn't used to. Today is Tuesday, June 22nd, 2021. I'm Paul Caroli, and this is CityCast Denver. Let's see what's happening out there today. I hope you enjoyed the cool weather yesterday because it's heating back up. We're looking at sunny, clear skies and a high in the mid-90s. One of the early champions of Denver's craft beer scene is no more. Falling Rock Tap House is closing after 24 years pouring frosty brews across from Coors Field. The owners blame the pandemic, mostly. They say they couldn't make it work without the thirsty crowds from the Great American Beer Fest last fall or proper Rockies games last summer. If Falling Rock meant something to you, you can still drop in through Sunday, June 27th. They'll be selling t-shirts, tap handles, some vintage beers, and other mementos craft beer fans might be interested in. So where, if not the tap house, did Denverites spend their pandemic? Turns out a lot more of us than usual were out climbing mountains last year. The Colorado 14ers initiative tracks that kind of thing, and they recently told the Denver Post that 2020 saw a 20% increase in 14er foot traffic compared to the previous busiest year on record. More than 400,000 people climbed 14ers last year. And I'm getting a little lightheaded just thinking about it. I've always loved the Cherry Creek Trail. As an avid bike commuter, when I first moved to Denver six years ago, it was the first thing about this city that made me feel at home. But when my wife and I moved out of Cap Hill to southeast Denver in late 2019, my relationship with the trail changed, and I fell in love all over again. See, down here, the parcel of land around the creek is wider, and there are these desire paths that run through the underbrush between the trail and the water. There are little hideaways and hidden bits of art and other treasures that you'd only notice when you've been instructed not to see any of your friends and family by the federal government. But more than that, I found some perfect spots where you can go and sit down by the rushing water and think about what this place must have been like before there was such a thing as Denver. That experience opened my eyes to the creek as this vestige of nature. So that's why I was so surprised one day last year when I biked upstream and noticed teams of construction workers literally shifting the flow of the water through this long stretch of scrubs and raw dirt. So I made some calls and arranged to meet up with one of the people behind the project for a tour and, you know, to make sure everything is okay with my precious Cherry Creek Trail. We'll jump on the trail. Hard hat area as promised. Exactly. But so, I gave a warning that we would be here. Jesse Clark is a landscape architect, and he's been working with the city of Denver, Arapahoe County, the Mile High Flood District, and a few other partners to design and reshape this particular stretch of the Cherry Creek between Quebec Street and Iliff Avenue. So from here, let's just stop here. So basically all of the, the channel as you see it used to be up there, used to be about six, in some places a little lower, six to eight feet lower than it is right now. 
But the reason that, that all of that is happening is that, you know, Cherry Creek, it would make really big S-turns, right? Uh -huh. And so the more you urbanize, the more we build closer and closer to a channel, we straighten out the channel, or in the old days we would. And so if you straighten out a channel, you're actually shortening the channel, therefore you're making it steeper. You've started taking away that floodplain, straightening out the channel, channel starts to erode, all of these things happen all the while. The other things that are happening are, you've got severely degraded vegetation. Well, in a very sandy system, which Cherry Creek is, all of Denver sits on a very relatively sandy bed, geologically. Yeah. Well, you take all the vegetation away, the vegetation and all the roots, that's what's holding down the dirt. Oh, so right? when it degrades, it, there's nothing holding down the dirt. Nothing holding down the dirt. So you got nothing holding down the dirt, you got a steep channel that is eroding because it's trying to cut down. So, so suddenly, this river is working to try to find a natural equilibrium, which it cannot. So we have, to, we have to come back and say, okay, well, how do we modify a stream system so that it can function replicating natural systems without actually being natural? Because we'll never get back all that land that has been developed, right? Yeah. Jesse walked me up and down that stretch of the creek and showed me all the different ways they're incorporating elevation changes into the design. Some are pretty obvious, like the big pink boulder fields lined with grout that look almost like a waterfall. And some are a little bit more subtle, like the one Jesse calls a riffle structure. You barely even notice anything is there except for a few ripples in the water. And according to Jesse, the riffle structures allow the creek to move back and forth a bit more naturally. So let's get back to the part where we're playing God. Now, you said that the city has grown. Your words, <laughs> no. not mine. You don't feel like that sometimes? I mean, you're like in charge of designing or like on a team that's designing the way this quote-unquote natural, now I'm doing air quotes, quote-unquote natural landscape looks. You're improving it. You're improving upon what was here. I guess we're living with it. I don't know. How do you think about that? Definitely. I, I Well, I, I think of it, first and foremost, I think we are we're making people's lives better. I mean, that's really what we're, what we're doing. And when we look at these kind of waterways, we used to think of these kinds of waterways as a single function. The single function of this kind of waterway was to move water from A to B. We were in general trying to move water away from our structures, away from people to protect them. With the exception of the just the right amount that we needed to flush our toilets, wash our dishes, take showers, and drink, right? That was, you know, I'm, I'm of course oversimplifying it, but in essence, we were trying to take just as much as we needed for those functions and get the rest of it out of here. The reason it's so important, you know, 50 or 100 years ago even, geez, even as soon as maybe 20 years ago, there wasn't as much emphasis on the river being an amenity any river or natural waterways being an amenity to our stream. They used to be our waste ways. All of our energy production was all along the river because we used the, the water to cool things down or we used the water to basically dump our waste. And now, of course, everyone's realizing that water is so precious. This is one of your water sources. This is one of Denver water's sources. Damn. I kind of had this idea in my head that this was like all we had got was like snowpack from uh, or like Lake Mead. 
No, most most of the water for the Denver metro area, Denver water comes from primarily the Platte River system. So all of our drinking water, all the water that we use, it all comes from our natural waterways. So it's it's also why water quality is so important, right? These are if you can think about it. In this Wait a minute, you're starting to you're telling me this is an ecosystem? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. So all of this water is so important because this is not only our drinking water and the water that we use, but everybody downstream of us that picks up water and uses it for agriculture or uses it for urban reasons, that's their water too, right? So starting to, to think about how we take care of our natural waterways is very important. You know, 50 like literally our health, like we're drinking the water. Yeah, You're whole, exactly. This is coffee. This was made with Denver water. That it was. This is good old Denver water in my cup right here, straight out of the tap. Water is, is the lifeblood for everything. And if we don't take care of our waterways, then we're all going to suffer. I thought I appreciated the creek before talking to Jesse, but after hearing him put a name on all the roles that the creek plays in our community, I have a completely different impression of it now. It's so much more than a water source or a dumping ground. And the fact that we're recognizing that fact and incorporating it into the way we manage the creek, according to Jesse, that's very new. Well, now we're starting to recognize that our waterways can really have multiple functions. They serve a very great recreational purpose. That's for sure. Right? If anybody has ever been on the Cherry Creek Trail from Cherry Creek Reservoir to downtown Denver, they know how busy this trail can be. But one thing that's happened with the Cherry Creek Trail is it primarily serves as a, as a one-way route. Some people think of it as a lollipop. You go from Denver, you stay on the Cherry Creek Trail out. If you're on a bike, say, you'd go out to the Cherry Creek Reservoir. You might do a loop around the reservoir, and then you come back on the very same trail, right? Yeah. So you're not doing a loop somewhere to end up, typically. So what that means is that all the traffic that goes out has to go back, so you're doubling the duty of that trail. This trail was under, undersized for a, a lot of years. It's still undersized in a lot of it. So one of the goals of this project is to upgrade the trail, the regional trail that we're standing on, to a better width and surface uh -huh. that can accommodate more users and more types of users. All right, so we're talking about spandex guys now at this point the high traffic users of the cherry creek trail that's right or the the mammals you know the, <laughs> you know, the term mammal. one of our staff taught me this term and i sometimes i resemble the mammal middle-aged men in lycra <laughs> yep oh man i'm within a decade i'll be wearing lycra i think yes. for sure yes i think we should dig deeper on that because the, there is really something about that culture of that that mammal is <laughs> The middle-aged. Make sure we're not excluding women and others as well. No, no, I don't. I, I don't want to exclude. I don't want to exclude women or others as well. But like, we're a couple of white guys who are now relating over this trail. People that look like you and me, we are okay taking up space. We don't think about it. Yes. And there is a type of person who uses the Cherry Creek Trail who can be very intimidating, without realizing and it's these people who go so fast on their bikes on their road bikes yeah i get it you're the, the, you, it's great exercise it's a wonderful time it's an excellent trail 
there needs to be more space for all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've just I've been thinking about that a lot. As yeah. I was looking forward to talking to you, like just noticing these guys. Like I, I hate this. I hate this attitude so much. It's uncomfortable. I mean, it's this is a an amenity that we have become accustomed to, especially people in Colorado. People want to be outside. They want to be active. They want to be doing things. And so I think you know it's really great that the city, Arapahoe County, the city of Denver. Mile High Flood District, they're all getting together and they're saying, look, these kinds of places need to accommodate more uses. And if you do it right, if you think about plan and design these areas and places right, they can serve all those purposes. And an example here, for example, in this stretch, you'll notice that if you look that way, the trail is wider. The trail's much wider. But in addition, in this reach, if you look to the other side of the of the creek, you now see that there is a secondary trail that runs the entire distance, right? Yeah. It's it's trail. We call it a trail hierarchy, right? I have an eight-year-old. When my eight-year-old was first learning to ride a bike, he was on one of those little Strider scooter bike things, you know? Do you think in a million years I would bring my eight-year-old on the Cherry Creek Trail where people are buzzing by at 20 miles? Oh, around? God, no. It's so crowded. Like, that would be just nerve-wracking but I see people do it because they want to come out this is maybe what's closest to them all these people that live over here this is what's accessible to them and so if you provide that hierarchy now I could take my son over there onto that little soft surface trail and he would be just fine nobody buzzing by at 100 miles an hour you know nobody swerving now there is a hierarchy that can accommodate a lot of different users My favorite part of the trail is that it's different in so many of these sections and like how each section kind of reflects an era of history, like that downtown part where it's canaled out and there's all the art on the walls, like that kind of two eras. That's like Robert Spears, City Beautiful, sinking that uh, in the canal, the canal thing. And then also the very like 2010s hip urban art. Um, But then in other places, like along the mall, it looks more natural. And then here, like the parcel of land is so wide and it's like almost a plane. It's it's kind of getting back to that plains feeling of the way that it must have been before there was even a city spread out this far. How do you think about trying to like recreate that feeling of, of the, of nature? Is that even what we're going for here? Well, that's a great question because I think as we look at the way we manage our urban waterways, um, if you want to replicate natural processes, it goes back to the, the thing that I started with, which is that the channel needs room to move. The more you straighten it out, the more you see those walls. So the Spear Boulevard stuff, the Spear stuff that you're talking about was in response to a large flood. So all of this is flood control. What you're starting to see now is a trend towards adapting our waterways to control floods in different ways rather than just channelizing them. The LA River is case in point where, you know, you build, you build, you build, and then you go, okay, let's get that water out of here as fast as we can. Let's build a concrete channel. And what happens? That concrete channel starts to fall apart. And when it does, it's really expensive and it's really detrimental. So now you start to build structure out of natural things, natural processes. So you get that vegetation to help. You get the you get all of these things to work together in a different way. So we're yeah. starting to change things. And what you're looking at, most people don't recognize this as a flood control project or a water quality project, but that's really where these started. 
their flood control and water quality projects, you're just seeing a much better version of how it can be happen, how it can happen. But not only that, this is a equitable access to nature project. Uh, you just nailed it. This is a recreation project. Equitable access to nature, recreation. The, I mean, those two things, in my opinion, are what sum up what we call the human element. The human element is when you're in an urban area like this and you're dealing with a natural waterway, it's got so much work to do and we cannot treat this as a single function facility anymore. It's not just about getting water from A to B. There are so many other things. We are responsible for bettering the environment and the ecosystem. We are responsible for bettering the water quality of not only what we're using, but for those downriver right? We're responsible for all these things, but we can do it if we think about it holistically. I walked up and down the creek with Jesse for more than an hour. From the boulder fields and the riffles to the new trails and bridges, I asked him everything I could possibly think of from all my time using the trail. Anything that I thought might plant an idea in his mind or push the project forward in some way he might not have thought of. But by the end, all I had left was gripes. So there's a dump you called it a recycling center, but it's a it's a dump, it's and it's a transfer station, is what it is. A, tra- a station where people dump their trash to be transferred away from them. Yes. It is a dump, and it smells like a dump. <laughs> yeah. Can you please put some like aromatic plants on the creek? I would say start to contact people who can make change. Your council people. I'm talking to you. I know, but I don't have that kind of power. Planting aromatic plants is not, that's like putting lipstick on a pig. That's not even putting lipstick on a pig. You're saying I'm thinking too small? You're thinking way too small. Move that dump into some other neighborhood. Well, move it somewhere where maybe more compatible use for the land, right? This used to be thought of as the place where you put that kind of use. A dump. A dump. People are now understanding what compatible, what is compatible with natural areas and our waterways. That's not probably the best use for that land, but you and I can't make that decision on our own. Councilman Cashman, respectfully, please move the dump and replace it with a dump-themed craft brewery <laughs> for me and Jesse to get a beer when this project is over. And we, it'll be the Cherry Creek Ale or whatever they want to call it. Dump themed brewery. Is that a deal? I like it. Okay. I'm in. Can I shake your hand? Yeah. It's great to meet you today, Jesse. You too. This was fun. Thanks for having thanks for having me out here to talk about it. That was me and Jesse Clark, landscape architect, out on the Cherry Creek Trail. He told me they're gonna be finished with the construction parts of the project within months, but it won't look the way they designed for a few more years still. The plants need some time to grow, after all. While we're waiting, they produced a pretty slick mock-up video that shows what they're aiming for, and we'll post that to our Twitter feed at CityCast Denver. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with some more news from around the city. Until then, I hope you have a really good day.
and we, we're going to start the interview in just a minute because I've got all these questions I wrote oh. down. 